I'm so glad to see that you're feeling better. You had a very close call. But you're gonna be all right. Now, just lie still. I'm gonna give you something. It's gonna make you feel even better. talked about Elden Ring. We're not yeah. going to go into that. Favorite game of the year. Um, yes. Yes. Yes, definitely. I also, I don't know if we talked about this when we did our Elden Ring discussion, but I finally did a alone playthrough of Bloodborne and beat every single fucking boss in that game. And, mm, man, Bloodborne. Per- perfect game. It's... It's close. Yeah, I guess Lawrence kind of kicks it in. Not no, much. not not. It's not the bosses. It's it's the the healing item thing. But mm. it, that's it's a small gripe. Yeah, well, by the end you make so much, you get so much XP. Like I just would buy, like I'd spend a you know a couple yeah. levels worth and buy hundreds and hundreds of blood vials, so I didn't have to worry about it for a while. Yeah, and uh, Frank and I did play a little bit of it, and. It's 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 just been so funny playing FromSoft games together over like the last year or so because there have been so many small, absolutely perfectly timed, hilarious moments that have happened in those games that I'm just like, man, I wish we were recording this shit. Yeah. Like I know we talked about us getting attacked on the elevator in Elden Ring, and then we played a little bit of Bloodborne together recently, and. Um, I'm a much higher level than you. Yeah. And you, like, came running over to try to attack an enemy and missed. I think it was one of the bagmen. Mm. And he just fucking one-shotted yeah, you. Yeah, my skeleton left my body. It was so fucking funny. Uh, we beat Dark Souls, the first Dark Souls, together yeah. this year, which was a lot of fun. I get why people love that game so much. I think it kind of missed the boat for me, only because I I can't see it through nostalgia glasses at all. And playing Elden Ring and Bloodborne and some of Dark Souls 3 when I did, and how much tighter that all is, is definitely like a different thing, albeit I have been playing a lot of uh, older games, I guess? Sure. Uh, it it was funny. I do want to say like that was so we played the remastered version, which yes. was my first time playing it because I had always played the Prepare to Die PC edition that came out prior to the remaster, and there are definitely differences both in the sound and feel. Like it's basically the same, but there's it's there's enough like slight tweaks. I was losing my mind for the first part of the game, if you remember. Yes, I do. And plus, there's no fast travel for a huge portion of it, and I know the game like the back of my hand. I could think I could like do. A speed run with my eyes closed and you're like where do i go wait which elevator and it was just like so like an exercise in patience so often but it was wonderful and i mean now i've beaten dark souls i don't even know how many times that I, and i i have those nostalgia glasses yeah. like i mean don't get me wrong i loved it and i will yeah. probably more than likely play it again yeah but it it's 
I don't, I don't have the nostalgia glasses for it. And, you know, part of that is because of the era it came out in, and it's not going to still play as well as, like, an old, you know, pixel game. You know yeah. what I mean? Well, it's also, you're coming right off of Elden Ring, which was the final refinement of all those mechanics and has a dedicated jump button, among other things. And, so and the, then playing Bloodborne right after that. Yeah, right, which is, is still better. And, you know, I, I still think... Still don't like Sekiro. Yeah, you're going to have the best time with Dark Souls 3 for sure. Although I just replayed that myself and sans the DLC and like, oh my god, it's so ball-crushingly hard at times. It's just like... And then other times, like, huh. But they're... The, the thing that you realize in all FromSoft games up to Elden Ring is like, they did not really realize how nice it is to have a stake of Marika or Bonfire next to your boss gate because Dark Souls 3 is like, get ready to spend literally two minutes running back to a boss mm-hmm. riding elevators just to die in 30 seconds and do it again for the 30th fucking time. But that Artorias fight, man. Mm. So fucking good. Yeah. And Too bad like if it, he didn't like three tries. If it was that many. I think it was... I think we beat it on our second try. Yeah. And that... That that fight really feels like the archetype for where they went with boss fights eventually. That is just so good, so well done. I was not... We went in there and I was not prepared for him to move like that, move that fast, and I was like, what game are we playing? Yeah. Yeah. Man. So good. Um, I tried to beat... uh, Demon Souls, not for me. Not for me. But I've been working through my backlog because I, I, I really didn't play too many new games this year. I played Elden Ring, and then I played the new God of War, which I loved, but... And I was thinking about this recently. God, The newer God of Wars are not... I think you would like them, but it's not like this is a Frank game for me. Yeah, so I'm, I'm not really like, nervous about... I'm not like, Frank needs to play this. Yeah. No, not in any way. It's not... The The thing that was different for me about the God of War games is I started playing them after I became a father mm-hmm. and had a son. So, like, there was, like, a little bit of a an emotional connection as a father. Uh, and they're good. They're very good. There's someone I went to high school with who has called the... 2018 God of War and um, God of War, oh my god, they're the best games ever made. And I'm like, you're fucking stupid. That's not even remotely true. They're incredibly good. You know, 8 out of 10, 9 out of 10. Great games, great acting. Uh, I wouldn't have been upset if they won game, if it won game of the year over Elden Ring, but Elden Ring 100% deserved it. That game is fucking perfection. Yeah, and yeah, we... We won't get into the yeah, we won't get into that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, I think those are the only two games that came out this year that I actually played. I didn't really play too much else as far as um, newer games. I finally played and beat the original Bioshock mm. and was incredibly surprised by how much I liked it. Yeah. Because Bioshock Infinite is one of my favorites. And I finally gave this one a chance. And honestly... It's so funny because we after beating Elden Ring, like I swear I got a thousand times better at playing video games. It, they are teachers. It's it, it's it's crazy. I've beaten all these games that I had that, such a hard time with. That before. was how I felt with Dark Souls. Like when I finally beat Dark Souls the first time, which was like an over a hundred. Well, I mean, fucking hundred. It's like a two hundred hour thing. 
it's like, oh, I find... Because what those games teach you more than anything is, like, there are mechanics here that, like, you can abide by, and if you embrace and, like, focus on how to get better at this, you will get better at this, and you will be able... Like, it will always be doable. But if you just try to do it your way without focus, you're not going to. And then you play a game like that, and you're like, oh, I see the game here. Like, you you, you turn into Neo in the hallway, and it's suddenly just, like, the fucking Mm -hmm. code, and you're like... <laughs> so good. Anyway, can I can I jump in? Yeah, go ahead. So I we, I feel like we have a couple to jump back and forth on. I don't know that Headhot came out this year or twenty twenty two. I think it may have done its first release in twenty twenty one, but it's like a very looks a lot like Quake One. And for all the flack that the original Quake gets about being all just all Browns, this game is like literally all fucking Browns. And there's reasons historical and stylistic reasons behind it but oh my god it was part of a much larger big like boomer which i fucking hate but whatever it's an easy term to describe boomer shooter fps like you know all running gun Mm -hmm. games um well actually not running guns that's a different genre but anyways it was like a game that again totally designed for me like 75 to 100 percent of the enemies wear gas masks including the horses uh it's set don't need in, to look down sights floaty jumps lots right. of enemies yeah like incredible movement tons of secrets really fun in- awesome fucking industrial dark ambient music that just like makes it so much better one of the few games i just was like i'm never turning off the soundtrack which is normally the first thing i do in a game uh what was the game we were talking about the other night where i was like i've never heard that soundtrack um I forget something. Or no, maybe I was talking to Jared, and I was like, yeah, I don't know what that music sounds like. I'm not an idiot. But uh, Oh, maybe Last of Us 2? No, it wasn't that. But, I mean, even the, the Souls games, like, I don't listen to the music in them. Oh, I no, no, thing. it was me. What, what were you talking about? I don't remember. I don't remember but, either. Um, but that was really good. I do want to jump into the Boomer Shooters in a little bit, but the other one I want to talk about is an important game that I finally played, which was... I had started very briefly Silent Hill 2. We did a playthrough like two years ago that we got. One of my favorite games of all time. Right before the first Pyramid Head fight. But for years, because I had played little bits of Silent Hills throughout my whole life, but never owned one. And then I bought this three years ago and was like, I'm going to get to it. And finally, right before Halloween, or I think on Halloween this year, I was like, I'm playing Silent Hill 2. And I've managed to avoid basically the spoilers for like, so long it's insane and i i knew some of the stuff but like kind of knew the big reveal but it is truly a game well it also depends on what ending you get could be a shiba inu you don't know yeah and so uh <laughs> it was you yeah the whole time i was god damn it, i man. was so blown away by how more than anything the sound design in that game it's is Dude, it is so good. It There's is so many sounds so from scary. things that you never fucking see. Yeah, and really effective, but also like at helping you, guiding you to what to do and not to do. Um, yeah, the combat's frustrating, whatever. But like, That's the point. yeah, I mean, it's partially the point. It's like, how else could you play that game? Like, I wouldn't want it to really, because really, most of the time, like, I played it like I was always in voiding and. Spoiler alert, but I got the suicide ending, which was like so fucking fitting for me of course in you general. And also because apparently one of the things that affects it is if you constantly play at low health, like that, you know, there's another stuff too. And I never would heal unless I absolutely had to. So I was always avoiding combat, always in a near death state. And when I got to that prison level, 
that fucking labyrinth of tunnels, I was, like, blown away by how cool and, like, deeply, like, I was just, like, you get to the end of that game and you're like, dude, I don't want to fucking play this. This is, like, upsetting me. Like, there's there's some shit right at the very end where you're just, like... Spoilers for, like, a 20-year-old game, but, oh, my God, you killed your wife with cancer so you could bang other chicks? Yeah, yeah. And it was, I was just like, wow, like, this is, I get it. Like, there's a fucking reason. And I uh, was very, very pleased. But I'm also so sad that, like, it because it was the best-selling one of them all, it's the most reasonably priced. And I'm not shelling out the dollars to play 3 and 4 or the first one. I'm going to make them on emulators. I probably could get a cheap copy of 4. We could play it on my Xbox. You say that, but I, I don't I'd know. Have to, I, it might even be on the Xbox Store. I don't know if the remastered version for, like, the version of three on that is as bad as two. Two, which I I showed you the picture where they literally yeah. changed the Silent Hill sign because I guess they lost the source code for yeah. it. I think is the thing. Yeah, and it says Silent Hill and fucking Comic Sans, yeah. which is just uh, yeah. But yeah, no, it's. We will see what Konami does because they have, like... They've announced, like, four fucking Silent Hill projects, including the remake of two, which, like, I'm... I'm really fucking wary about, but, like... I'm probably gonna play it. Yeah. I mean, I have to say that it's... The nice thing is, is, like, playing a PS2 game on an actual PS2 with a PS2 controller and playing it on an... I wish I had um, the upscalers like that are actual little computers that are like a whole expensive investment, but really, but on the other hand, like seeing it the way I'm seeing it on a modern TV on an mm-hmm. old console, like there's a level of feeling like I'm playing a snuff film that really works to the game's benefit, and I so playing Silent Hill games feels like playing a snuff film right. to begin with. Yeah, especially three. Jesus fucking Christ, some of the fucking monsters in that one. Yeah, there's one that's literally. Oh, what the fuck's that saying? It's something daddy, and it's bed, and it's a man's face, but it's also a giant dick. Yeah. I'm sure you can understand what that implies. Yeah. But, uh, man, I fucking love Silent Hill. Yeah, so, uh, I've got a couple, basic, oh, well, the, the other, one other thing, I'm not gonna spend a ton of time on it, because, but you've seen the video, um, maybe I'll post a link or something. The other game that, that I got hooked on, that I Came out of left field, so like... The one you wouldn't shut the fuck up about. Yeah, so because of Elden Ring and trying to watch lore videos and whatever, the algorithm eventually hooked me up with Seth Tesnick, who's like basically 4chan the reviewer, but like not nearly as bad. 4chan Mandalore Gaming. Yeah, well, he's like... It's really what it is, is Xavier Renegade Angel, the reviewer. Yeah. Like, he's got this level of like... Uh, PFFR like ultra fast like multi-tiered like fuck everybody level comedy happening in also this like game breaking shit he does and all these things but he has this wonderful thing about Elden Ring but then he reviewed this game called Synthetic Legion Rising and it's a roguelike and it is the greatest like one of the greatest games I've ever played I've dumped so many fucking hours into it to the point now where Jared and I have a weekly um, stream where we play it and that has been a complete out of nowhere like uh, it's just it's like my go-to I've got you know 10 minutes or I've got an hour to burn and I want to play something I know I'm going to enjoy every time like it's so fucking fun and uh, that's all I'll say about that but 
Uh, well, okay, well, I'll, let me talk about my favorite game that I've played this year, which sure. is not a, a, a new game by any sense, which I've been going back and forth of whether or not this is my favorite Metroidvania now. I still think it's probably Hollow Knight, but um, Blasphemous is so fucking good. The world building in it... You really it, come around on it. Well, so, okay, here was the issue. When I first played it, when I first got it on my Switch... Um, I don't know if they fixed it or something, but the jumping in it felt awful. Yeah. And one of my biggest gripes with Metroidvania is, is if the jumping feels bad, the rest of the game is going to feel bad. Yeah, because you're going to do a lot of jumping. Yes. And uh, like right off the bat, I like fuck something up where if you if you go into an area and then you leave before finishing the boss in that area, there's like a side character that dies. Uh, I also didn't realize I th I was trying to get like a certain ending and I thought I fucked it up. I did get that ending somehow, but I've I've been putting off doing my second playthrough. But anyway, that's besides the point. The atmosphere in that game, the character design, the art style, the art style, the world build. Oh my god, the fucking pixel art in that game is. Mwah. Yeah. But just like this idea of a religion that is entirely based upon pain and self-inflicting pain and that is the whole of the law and the religion is so good and the combat I, what I tend to do in a lot of metroidvanias that let me is I tend to break them Yeah, I tend to uh, get my defense to a point and be able to swing fast enough and hard enough that I can just fucking stand there because I think that shit's funny. Yeah, well, that's that's Castlevania. The Knight has yep. a combo where you can get this like cudgel and this shield, where basically you're like invincible. You just like walk into a boss, just holding it out, and then they're just dead. Oh, what the fuck was it called? I, I'll talk about that more once I get to Bloodstained. Okay. But, it, the the story that it's it's the closest. I, there's all these games, all these Metroidvanias that have come out in the last few years. They're like, oh, this is the Dark Souls and, and Bloodborne of Metroidvanias. Fucking wrong. Blasphemous is that. Yeah. Because it's the same type of storytelling. It's dripping with atmosphere. You say Hollow Knight or Shovel Knight was your favorite? Metroidvania? Hollow Knight. Okay. But I think it might be Blasphemous at this point. Because I did not want to immediately replay Hollow Knight after I finished it. I just really like Hollow Because it's just... The controls in that game are just so fucking tight, dude. Yeah. So tight. More so than Blasphemous, but that's because the controls are different. Because in Blasphemous, you can parry. Uh, but, yeah, no, I mean, like, the areas are really well designed. There's not a huge amount of reusing of enemies. There's no bosses that are same except when you get to the DLC but that's only because like they're sisters won't get into that there they are slight variations but ostensibly the character design is the same yeah it's more than just them changing colors and shit but man that game was so fucking good and I really enjoyed the system that they had where you could uh you had, like, these prayer beads, and that, like, changed how, like, d defense things, had, like, different stuff. You know what I mean. Yeah. Uh, it was it was really, really tight and really done. I, I'm assuming they did an update that fixed that. And then, once you start a second playthrough, that's when you get all the DLC stuff, which is really cool. 
but it's just really interesting the way they have it set up, and it's made to be played again, and I beat every boss that I could, which meant I liked it. If, I, if, I, if I'm playing a game and I beat every boss I can, that means I liked it. Yeah. It's just the way it is. For instance, I never did more than one playthrough of Nier Automata because I felt like that was enough for me, which is another game I beat this year. But Blasphemous was, like, I, I was obsessing about it for the longest time. And there, there really hasn't been a game I played this year that I obsessed that much about, where I was, like, not at home being like, man, I can't wait to get home. Elden Ring. Yeah, Elden Ring. Yeah, that's right, Elden Ring. God damn it. It feels like like a like a, I if I feel like I've had Elden Ring my whole life at this point, dude. I just, I mean that those first couple days, I've I've heard some people say, and I think there's some truth to it. Although I think it's like anything, where the novelty wears off. But that the first like twenty hours of that game, where you're just like exploring and like just constantly like oh, there's more, like it is. I mean, they just they just getting to the underground for the first time. We're not gonna get an Elden Ring. Yeah, yeah, we gotta. Well, to speak of Souls-likes, uh, a mix of Metroidvanias, just a Souls-like, but I finally played Code Vein, which, you know, is the much maligned, like, weeaboo, big tit, like, Souls-like, and there's a lot of things, so I've played It and Neo, uh, I mostly, like, I got 85% of the way through Neo, but then I had to stop playing because it was just, like, no longer, it, I never found it to be as fun as I hoped it would be, and mm-hmm. there was, the We've talked about it, but, like, the inventory weapon and level system for that stuff was... I hated, and so that really took away from the experience because it was, like... I was doing the kind of grinding I would expect to do in a Diablo or uh, a Borderlands in a game that, like, I just want to be in the combat loop, and I don't like that, so no thank you. And, uh... Code Vein was not like that. It was way more closer to Dark Souls in the upgrades and stuff like that um it's not nearly as complicated there's way less of like you know unique enemies tons of reskinning basically a very limited palette in that sense but the bosses were all unique and it was the story was stupid as fuck and i wanted the cutscenes to end as fast as possible but for the absurd amount of fan service. I mean, it's just giant anime titties, and I made, like, the cutest little fucking thing, and then you get to do, like, an insane level of dress-up. Like, if you're gonna have a game about making the perfect waifu to fight, like, vampires and use a huge sword, they knew what kind of character creator to make. I I got uh, really into Soul Sliders after we played Elden Ring and everything, and some of the shit I've seen people create in Code Vein is obscene. Like, how the fuck did you do it? And they're like, Oh, I took this piece of clothing and then moved it here and did yeah. that. And I'm like, what the oh, fuck? Oh, that's do you that's mean? what I was doing. I like you can get all these little just pieces of hair and then like attach them places. It's it's great. And I thought that the a lot of the stuff people didn't like were things I liked about it. And I just generally had a wonderful time playing it. Like I beat it pretty quickly and I played it in February while I was listening to a lot of uh, DJ Python. And it was just... That checks out. Yeah, it was great. It was like a perfect, like, deep winter meditative experience. Yeah, I I tried a little bit of it. I think that'll be way more fun when we play it together. Sure. And I want to create a new waifu. Yeah. Because I created a very specific character from a very specific anime. But I won't get into that. Um, I also tried... 
And, like, mind you, this might have been Souls Fatigue at this point, but, like, I was still dying for that rush of Bloodborne and Elden Ring, so I tried Code Vein, wasn't feeling it. Played a decent amount of Sekiro, and I was like, nope, still don't like this. And then tried Mortal Shell. Oh, right, yeah. Not for me. Uh, Wasn't my thing. Souls Likes, we'll get into one of the things that I'm currently playing that I don't necessarily understand the hype for which is uh the star wars jedi fallen order game Mm. um the combat itself feels great the problem is is there's too much time in between that combat feeling good like if the sekiro combat felt like that i probably would like sekiro a lot more because there's a lot more enemies in sekiro but a lot of the time it feels like I'm attack, and mind you, probably it might be just because I'm early in the game yeah. that I'm having issue. But they're like when I'm fighting like the specialized stormtroopers or or whatever the 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 human characters in the game, it feels great and challenging. And then it, there's like bigger monsters that you can fight, and it's just it just kind of pisses me off. Yeah, the characters are meh, but then again, that could also be Star Wars fatigue. There's just so much goddamn Star Wars at this point. I'm still playing it. It's still fun enough for me to play it, but it's not like... This is my third attempt to play it, and this is the furthest I've got. Yeah, I'm not big horny for it. Yeah. It's mainly the thing that I'm playing uh, for reasons that I'll get into when I talk about the other games I'm playing, but I only brought this up because we were talking about Souls-likes, and people consider it Souls-like, I guess, because it's hard. Yeah. I, um... Do you want me to, no pun intended, blast you the boomer shooters real quick and yeah. then I'm done? So I do want to mention I, I, I played more video games all the way through than I have in ages. Um, Same. And because Elden Ring really put me on that path, uh, one of the games I played, actually that's not a boomer shooter, I'll just very briefly touch on, was Tyranny, which is a CRPG. I really liked it. I really liked the first half of the experience and was really let down by the amount of obvious, like, run-out-of-time, money-cut content problems they had. I played it with all of the DLC included and got it at a good price on Steam sale, which is how I would recommend doing it. Very much worthwhile playing, very visually cool game, totally unique world, loved the... The starting premise did not love the final execution, like I said, in the second half, but would still definitely recommend and will be doing another playthrough later. Um, But yeah, the Boomer Shooters, that was what I played after I went through a huge Boomer Shooter thing, which started with finally being like, I'm going to play Doom Eternal because I love Doom 2016. And I heard a lot of people were like, it's even better. And a lot of other people were like, it's not. And no, it is better. It is it is like fucking incredible. And the music for it is like I I just was constantly floored by how awesome the fucking music was. Doom there's 2016. There's a whole lot of hullabaloo going on about that right now. Yeah, I know there's been, there's been. So anyways, but the music's awesome. The the gameplay itself is insane and I played it on Ultra Violence, which was fucking punishing for a first playthrough. Um, but and I can't like, I, I will eventually do a Nightmare Run playthrough, but um, I loved it. And then I jumped into Blood, like the original game from the 90s on the build engine, which I had played in demo version when I, I was a kid. so bad. I hate not having a PC. Yeah. Uh, it is. I played it on um, Extra Crispy or Well Done. I think I played it on Well Done, which is just like 
one of the most bone-crushingly difficult games. Like, you basically are... You you cannot play it and not save scum your ass off because, like, you know, just encounter after encounter is like, okay, I'm just going to... I'm just gonna keep trying this until I get through it, um, but that was awesome. Like I mentioned, Harat, and the other game that I played that I finally, I had for a while, and was another one where it was like, I played it for five minutes, didn't feel it immediately, and was like, ah, oh, this game's all hype. I played Dusk all the way through. Also, another game I would love to play. Dude, camp. Dusk is incredible, and I was just like, oh, what the fuck? It is. It is the most interesting of like by far a lot of cool new games that are like these new boomer shooters that are retro in style dusk is is like it's just it is so clearly one person's insane vision that is so fully realized and like just every single design choice is interesting and they're never there's just every map everything that happens every next step is just like a new interesting choice and there's some really cool callbacks to classic boomer shooters, including a famous voice actor who shows up at the end. Uh, that was fucking amazing, and I did like another half of a playthrough, um, but I'm kind of saving it for when I really need something to like remind me that the games are good. I started Proteus a little bit, which was cool. I am just about to finish Power Slave, which is another like cool revamped old Sega Saturn game that got brought back that's Egyptian-themed, so I've been listening to Nile playing that. And... Um, yeah, that's it for me. Yeah, I mean, they, they have... Uh, I can't play it because I don't have a fucking PC, but maybe one day I'll have a goddamn um, Steam Deck. Because uh, I'll, I'll probably have a Steam Deck before I end up having building a PC because I don't have a fucking place to put it. But um, Nightmare of Decay, I've seen a few uh, playthroughs of it. It is just that era of video games, that boomer shooter era, and it's just like... But it's survival horror, okay. and it looks so good. Um, and then there's another game that's in early development that's being made that's like very much in the vein of Thief. I also watched Mandalore Gaming's video on Thief today. Oh, uh, fuck! Yeah, you're talking about uh, Gloomwood. Yes. Yeah the the only reason I have not played Gloomwood yet is my understanding is the early access is a very short yeah picture, and so I'm very excited to play it. But it's like I I don't. I hate early access typically. Like, a lot of these boomer shooters, they'll do full episodes. So, like, you pay 20 bucks, you get a full episode, and then as the other ones come out, you get them for free. But, like, I played Dusk after all three episodes were out, which was nice, because then I just got, like, a full experience. Oh, get Nightmare of Decay. It's like $2. Tell me if it's good. All right. Um, Looking at it right now. So. Oh, wow. It does just look like it's an evil. Yep. But, like, first-person shooter Resident Evil... It's very it's much like in that overwhelmingly vein. positive. Holy shit. Yeah, no, like, people love this game. And there's no talk about whether or not it's going to end up getting... Because I think it's, it's it's the indie of indie games. Yeah. It's not like an indie game that ends up getting backed by a huge publishers. Well, that, that was Dusk. Dusk is, like, put new blood on the map because it was just one guy, and then they put it out, and it was like, yep. I uh, beat Alan Wake this year, the oh, good remaster. Oh, uh, I'm I'm near positive. I talked about my incredible love for Control. Control. Yeah, we talked I about that. I fucking love that game. Uh, the Alan Wake remaster was fucking great. It's it's Twin Peaksy. It's this. There's so many goddamn references to Twin Peaks. Not as uh, not as many as let's say. 
oh, what's the fucking other game that we played? Deadly Premonition. But it's fun. I, I wouldn't get it discounted. I, I don't think it was worth the full price tag when it came out because it's literally the same game, just reskinned. Okay. And it's, you know, the same thing over and over again. The gameplay loop is okay, but the writing is really good and the atmosphere is really good. I, I was playing it with, like, I played the PS5 version with fucking, you know, 3D audio headphones on and it was real spooky when you were in the woods. Okay. Uh, I beat that. It was pretty good. Uh, and then I got to play the Control uh, DLC for, uh, with Alan Wake, and now I'm really excited for the Alan Wake sequel that's being made. Um, s- small touch on, I played Carrion as well, uh, which I guess is a Metroidvania, but you got no map. No map at all. And that's one of those games that like I wouldn't recommend playing some of and then picking back up because you will not remember where the fuck you are. But it's fun. It wasn't hard. Yeah. You get to be a monster and eat people. Yeah, yeah, it was fun. I talked about Near Automata. That was okay. Um, Bloodstained. Slightly less good version of uh, of um, Symphony of the Night. That's all it is. I think it's worth the play. Um, I got a little burnt out on it because I beat every boss. And at that point, I was just kind of like, meh. Because there are, like, you can, if you get, like, the like a certain edition or whatever, you can play as other characters through it, which I'm sure would be interesting, but it's not one of those games where I was like, oh, man, I need to play this game as a different character immediately. Yeah. But that weapon that you got, mm-hmm. where it's just, like, real quick slashes constantly, so they have a version of that. They have two versions of that in the game, and that became my main. Oh, no, the weapon I'm talking about is literally... A cudgel that you stick out almost like a spear. And mm-hmm. so it's magic on the end of it. And it just is like you just like walk it into something and it dies. Oh, this is just like like hundreds upon hundreds of quick Slashes. cuts. Yeah. Yeah, it's because, you know, you get a fucking greatsword in that game and it's very slow. Yeah. But I did a lot in that fucking game. Um, some of the, like, the there's these things that are crystals that, like... You can collect them and then level them up, and some of that stuff's a fucking pain grindathon to do. But all in all, it was it was, it was fun. I the storyline's kind of butt. I didn't really give a shit, and I really didn't like. I want to say about like maybe five or six hours in the game. Uh, at that point, whenever the, one of the characters was talking, I was just like, "Shut the fuck up and let me kill things." Mm. Uh, I finally. Beat Dishonored without being seen, alerting guards, or killing anyone this year. Uh, that was not the easiest, because I also did it on the hardest difficulty. Ooh. But that was a fun game. Uh, who the fuck made that? Same people who made... Uh, Arcane. Arcane, yeah. And I also beat... I think I talked about it earlier, in, in like, uh, at another point during the series, uh, Deathloop. Right. Which was a lot of fun. The issue with Deathloop is once you beat it, there's really no replay value. Because the whole thing about Deathloop is learning where the people you have to kill are going to be. And, like, you don't really need to do it differently. And you can rush through it. And, nah. But one play through that game, pretty good. Pretty solid. Um, 
games that I haven't... Oh, no, I'm sorry. There is one other game that I played this year that came out this year, but I've not beaten it, which is Sifu. I love that game. Uh, the final boss is a huge difficulty curve up, and the issue is that I stopped playing it, and the way that game is built, which I talked about before, is you play one of the levels, and you kind of suck at it. And then you play the next level, and you really fucking suck at it, but that makes you better at the previous level. So, like, putting that game down, picking back up doesn't work super well. Yeah. I've been... But it is... It's it's a fun game. It's a lot of fucking fun. But I know I talked about it before. Mm. Um, Darkest Dungeon is another one I haven't finished yet, but I will just pick up and play on occasion. I'm really, really bad at finishing roguelites. Or likes. Really, really bad at it. Already talked about Jedi Final Order. Um, oh, Dead Cells. Another game that I pick up on occasion when I'm bored and have like a moment to spare. Really tight, really fucking punishing. Uh, Metroidvania roguelite game. But funny. And they also, it, it is like the indie game's indie game. Okay. Because they've done it twice now where they've added elements from other indie games. So like you can get weapons from Hotline Miami, uh, Hollow Knight. Blasphemous, like all of these other games that were like these huge touted, beloved uh, indie games okay. that are now like being integrated into Dead Cells, which is really interesting and not something I've really ever seen. Um, I do recommend it. Enter the Gungeon springs to mind. Yeah, but like these are direct, like actually called the thing that they are references. Okay. It's not like hey, you can't sue us because we call this something slightly different. No, yeah. like, these are, like, you, like, when you find these items, there is a backdrop from that game and direct references to that game, and they, the developers have permission to do that stuff. Yeah. But I think a lot of them might be under, like, Devolver Digital or some shit. But oh, they makes sense. pick up all that shit. Um, I am currently playing uh, Metal Gear Solid Five as well. That game is fucking great. I haven't finished it. Who knows? Outer Worlds. I beat the fucking living shit out of Outer Worlds. Loved it. I'm hoping that the second one... I'm not going to get too, too into it, but I'm hoping the second one's a little bit more extensive. That was my only issue. It felt like an older game than it was. Yeah. It felt like it was limited by thing like technology when it wasn't. Yeah, we talked about it. Yeah. It and Tyranny had the same issues, which were like, there's so much good here if only they had more time to do a bigger story or yeah. more this, that, or the other. But it was one of those games, like, God of War, I would, like, if I had, I was doing a lot of early shifts when um, I was playing God of War, and I would put it down at a certain time, read some manga to, like, turn my brain off before going to bed, like, at a decent hour. Yeah. Uh, I did not have that experience with Outer Worlds, because all of a sudden it's fucking 2 a.m. I'm having this current experience with the game that I am obsessed with, which is... Fallout well, New Fucking Vegas. Mm. It is so goddamn good. Yeah. I stumbled on to a quarry of... Uh, yeah, no, I haven't even uh, been to New Vegas. Yes. Yeah. And um, I guess the addition I got gave me like some like the pre-order perks that came with the game. I don't know if I'm going to pick up the DLCs for it, because I don't know how good they are. You got, They're good, but you've got like 100 hours before you need to win yeah, that. Yeah, but man, that game's so fun. And it's doing so many things that I loved in, like, newer games. Like, Random Encounters 
were like one of the things that I really loved when I first started playing Red Dead Two. Um, but then they kind of like went to the wayside and got kind of old. And I honestly think that game was just like a, like slightly too overbloated for the type of game that it was. But for instance, I was playing today, and I was going somewhere, and there's two people shooting at each other, and um, this woman who's shooting this one guy is like. Oh my god, he's crazy, he's trying to kill me. So I blew his head off, and then I talked to her, and she went to walk away, and then I hear in my headphones, <laughs> sucker, and all of a sudden I'm like, ow, ow, ow. And I turn around, I'm like, lady, you did not want to start this fight. And I pulled out a shotgun and immediately blew off her head, then realized that she had made a mistake, <laughs> and that I had made a mistake. Uh, but it's, and that fucking card game, Caravan, fucking love it. Yeah. It's the same shit that happens every time I try to play The Witcher, and the rest of The Witcher 3, I'm like, kind of like, eh. Oh, uh, like this Gloom. Isn't, yeah, like, yeah. It's, like, it's called Gloom, right? No, it's, uh... Oh, no, Gloom is in, uh... Gloom is a game I own. It's an actual card game. Oh, right. I'm thinking of Tragic the Gathering in Fallout 2, which mm -hmm. is a card game you can play with the ghouls. I can't remember what it's called. But it's, uh, it's fun. It's a lot of fun. I really like New Vegas so far. Um, I, I don't like the Legion, uh, for two reasons. One, I don't like people telling me what to do, and that's the kind of character I'm role-playing. And two, I went into the building, and I'm searching corpses, and got mine set off in my face. So that made me really mad at them. Oh, I met them and immediately was like, well, I know who I'm joining. Because you haven't played the first two Fallout, so you don't understand how fucking obnoxious the NCR is. Oh, so. no, I'm just... I'm, I'm not siding with them. I'm just using them. Sure. But I don't like cult people. <laughs> yeah. It's a little bit more They're nuanced. They're high and mighty. It's more nuanced than that. That's what makes it so good because once you go and start meeting people at the headquarters of Kaiser's Legion... I haven't killed a bunch of them yet, okay? Oh. I've only killed a couple. I mean, and I'm shunned right years. now, okay? Yeah. The, the only thing that kind of bothers me, which bothered me in uh, Outer Worlds 2, is... Like your karma or your 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 um, alignment. What's the word I'm looking for? <laughs> for like certain factions, will go down if you kill them, even if there's no survivors, which confuses me because how does anyone know I did it? Sure. Like because otherwise, like it, those are games in a pre-Red Dead Redemption world where like they didn't have the AI and capability to have somebody run back every down and report you. So I agree from, like, a realism standpoint, of course not. But on the other hand, like, you're the guy who's constantly here, there, and the other way, and then a bunch of Kaiser's Legion wind up dead, so, you know, they can connect the dots. But I hear you. They they have to do it some way. And the good thing is you do get opportunities to raise it back up, but, like, most of those games, you know, sometimes you get, if you want to max out certain kinds of things or quest options, you're going to have to, you know, hard pick a side fairly early on. But... It's also, as we said, it, the wonderful thing about New Vegas is, like, you don't have to do that, and you can still beat the game. Like, you still have a lot of other options. Well, the Powder Gang hates me. Yeah. Well, fuck the Powder Gang. They're a bunch of thugs. Yeah, they're a bunch of idiots anyway. But, you go, um... You go through that, like, amusement park hotel where there's the roller coaster and mm -hmm. Gilmore and all that. Well, no, it's uh, Edgewater, the first place you're in. Yeah. They're attacking it. And, once again, you don't have to talk down to me. And plus, it was the first time I was, and of course I was going to save it. Like, Although, the amusement park place does give me the best prices, oddly enough. But anyway, um, 
So that's all I got for video games. Do you have anything else? No. I don't have nearly as much stuff for anime and manga. That's but, good, because um, we're already at two hours. Chainsaw Man. It's so fucking good. I haven't started part two yet because I want to wait for the physical volumes to come out, but I did finish part one, and holy fucking shit, and we're, I'm going to, most of my stuff on my list for manga is literally by this author, uh, which is Tatsuki Fujimoto? Yeah. Fujimoto, I think. Sure. I think. I got to take your word on that one, partner. Yep, Tatsuki Fujimoto. Who is five fucking years younger than us. Um, I honestly think... I put out some noise tapes, so, you know, don't discount my artistic output. This man's gonna be, like, this is this is the mangaka of our fucking generation, dude. Sure, sure. Well, of his generation. Well... Not of our generation. It's five years, right, isn't it, generation? No. 25? Shut up. We're old. My back hurts all the time. Truth. But Chainsaw Man is fucking perfection. The way the man panels, the story, the character development, how he subtly does things visually that build the characters more. Like, there's this whole thing with uh, Denji, who is the titular Chainsaw Man, and then Power, who's also a fiend. You'll get there. Read the fucking manga I gave you. Mm. Um, where after they have an experience with each other um, you see them like it's it's not spoken of they don't have a conversation about how they get closer they just physically get closer in the manga and at like some point you're like wait a minute they're like they're like every like they're just always hanging off of each other and it's also super refreshing to see a piece of media where a male character and a female character are um just best buds like there's no sexual tension yeah i mean there was at first but he's a 15 year old boy who's never had any actual human interaction pretty much Mm -hmm. and his whole life has been absolute dog shit like within like the first few pages you learn that to make ends meet he sold an eye a testicle a kidney and his only friend in the world was this tiny little devil that's a cute chainsaw dog but um, it's, man, if you haven't read it or you haven't watched it, I hope you're fucking bulletproof, bro, because it's going to fucking hurt. Because I'm also reading his first serialization, which is called Fire Punch, which is just a, it's just humans being the worst humans they could be. And it's gorgeous and heart-wrenching, and incredibly fucking nihilistic. Mm. And it's super good, but it's not like, oh, you love Chainsaw Man? You should you should read Fire Punch. It's not like that. Because, like, you get into Chainsaw Man, and it's literally Jujutsu Kaijin, which is, like, one of the biggest animes right now. It's almost a beat-for-beat beat in the beginning, same plot points. But then it goes from a shonen anime to, like, shonen same anime and manga to something... Not even just Senin, just like, yeah, I guess Senin, but like just so much deeper. Uh, it's super good. He's got two one-shots, one of which has not been translated and put out in physical copy in America yet, so I'm not going to talk about that. But the other one is called Look Back, which I just read. And it has been, I think the last 
manga that choked me up was Chainsaw Man towards the end. But within, and it's thin. It's very, very thin. It's it's a legit one shot. It's not like a one shot volume. It's like it's a legit one shot. And it is about this girl who, when she's in middle school, does uh, little manga strips for her school paper. And everyone loves her manga. And then someone she's never met who never goes to school sends in um, some manga stuff. And there's like no story to hers. But the artwork is fucking incredible. So she tries and tries and tries. Like she does nothing but draw and practice drawing. And she does get better. But then she sees this other person who she's never met get better. And it seems like effortless. So she fucking gives up. She's like, I'm not going to draw manga anymore. And then I think on the last day of middle school, her teacher's like, hey, I need you to bring this diploma over to so-and-so who never comes to school. And she goes over there and finds out that this girl is the better artist. And, like... This was like the the fucking ring on the fucking carousel she was trying to catch and she couldn't catch. And this girl turns to her and goes, I love your fucking manga. And starts calling her sensei and everything. And they like gain this friendship out of this. And it's, it's, dude, it is fucking beautiful. Mm. It is so well written. And the man is just like a master of paneling and visual storytelling in such a way. And the man never had any formal fucking training. It's so goddamn impressive what this guy is doing at such a young age and so prolific with it. And I'm telling you, like, the dude is... He's gonna be, like, one of the fucking greats. He really is. And the anime, it... It's different enough and shows it in such a different way. Like, the story beats are the same. But one of the main characters, uh, Aki, who's, like, one of the devil hunters for um, the government that he that um, Denji, the main character, ends up working for, there is a five-minute no-dialogue scene of him just getting ready in the morning. And it, it's not in the manga. They add it in the anime, and it's fucking beautiful. The way it's done, the, the amount you get about this character mm. from him not giving you any exposition is incredible. And it's... There there are episodes that are just, like, fucking... Some film directors could take a note from what this... What um, MAPA is doing with this work. And for every 12 episodes... Every episode, all 12, they are doing a different outro song and different outro animation. And they're all, like, slightly... Styli- they're, like, stylistically different. And they're all fucking beautiful. Mm. it's so goddamn good Chainsaw Man is all the fucking hype um I finally started reading Monster uh Urasawa's Monster it is fucking phenomenal it takes place in 1986 before the fall of the Berlin Wall it is a murder mystery it's not your anime power level shit it's like it's straight up like revenge murder mystery political intrigue shit it's so well written i'm finally starting to realize why like so many people consider urasawa like one of the best mangakas as far as storytelling goes 
It's a very different art style than most manga you're going to read. I picked up one of his other ones, but I haven't read it yet, called 20th Century Boys, but I understand that's also very good. And Netflix pulled a fucking Hail Mary, and now Monster is on Netflix when it has been out of print, unable to stream anywhere for ever. And kiss, it's kiss anime ru. Come on, be real. Kissanime's not up anywhere. Come on. I know, I know. Um, and I guarantee you, it's going to like monster like people like with the way people are with like true crime nowadays, and all of the original anime generations getting old. We're all getting to that age where it's like we got all start talking about World War Two all the time. Yeah. Um, yeah wrong. I was at the World War Two museum for like six hours. Can't even come without thinking about the boy, the goddamn boys out there <laughs> on the beaches, storming Normandy. Yeah, um, it's it's a masterful piece of storytelling. I am four volumes in. There are nine, and I wanted to show you this because it's one of the more interesting things I've ever seen. And maybe we can get a picture and post it on the Instagram. I've seen them do with a full collection of manga. So if you put all the books together in a, in a three by three square in order, they all come together as like a thing. What is this? The Mouth of Madness. It's it's just it's it's so good. Sutter Kane. Do you read Sutter Kane? It's so good. Um, I finally started reading Gantz. Hmm. Gantz is great. It's porno, but it's great. Cool. Uh, and of course, Berserk um, has remained my and only more so become my favorite manga of all time and it was to the point because like when i first started collecting it and then mudia died i was like "Ooh, do i want to keep reading this because there's like so for instance like i've never fucking watched lost because by the time i showed interest in lost and said something to people they're like yeah but the fucking ending sucks i'm like oh well then i don't fucking care right so the idea of there not being an ending at first was like, fuck, do I really want to read this and like be blue-balled by it? But There's so much to read, first it's, of all. It's, yes, I am on volume seven of the deluxe edition, so I've read a lot of fucking Berserk at this point. Yeah, yeah. Uh, fuck, man. Fuck. Yeah, it's so good. It's... It's fucking perfect. Yeah, I mean, the only reason I've gone as slow as I have is because I just don't want it to like I like I I open a deluxe edition, I read it all in one day, and I'm like, I know I'll re read it again, yada yada, but it's like, it's an expensive. I mean, it's actually you know we've talked about it before a very, uh, it's a really good value compared to most manga, but it's still like. I just, yeah, I'm just is taking it very slow because I know it'll be there. But also, there's that other part of me that's like, if these go out of print before I collect them, I'm gonna fucking kill myself. That's not going to fucking happen. Yeah, probably not. It's it's got to be one of their. It's Dark Horse, isn't it? Yeah. It's got to be one of their top sellers. Although, they won't reprint Trigun, and I mean maybe they will with the new series coming out, which looks like Lady Sim, but I won't get into that. Well, I do want to touch on one manga that you got me to read. Uh, which is actually a book adaptation and one of many manga adaptations. It's so um, many fucking adap It's the most famous piece of Japanese literature, I think, or yeah. at least the most bought. Yeah, it's the best selling. Um, so, No Longer Human by Osamu Dazai. And you Ben. Want to talk about nihilism. Yeah, so Ben, ben told me about it, and uh, 
I was like, that sounds cool. And then he had lent it to a friend who then gave it to me to give to Ben and Ben was like, you should just read it. And I did. We love Junji Ito in this house. Yeah, so... Um, but it's... So there's this movie, Vengeance is Mine, uh, which it reminds me a lot of. And there's something else that's going to elude me right now. It reminds me of Screw Style by... Um, Nijiki Ishii or whatever it is. Well, um... Uh, I brought the movie over tonight. You bought them for me. Graveyard of Honor. Yeah, when we were watching Graveyard, the the original Graveyard of Honor, it I gave me huge no longer human vibes. Yeah, sure, sure. So yeah, I mean, it, so basically, it's part of the reason it's the 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 most read or the most purchased best selling novel, Japanese novel of all time, is that it is like the quintessential. Uh, like, if you want to know what it was like to have the Japanese experience of being, like, ripped from uh, the height of World War II into, like, Western modernization and the incredible pain that, that it caused people, and and also the time leading up and before that, it's, and it, so it's all that, so you get this, like, uniquely transitionary period from, like, old Japan to the mm-hmm. Japan we all know. Uh, you also get, spoiler alert, the incredible pathos that is imbued into the book by the uh, fact that, you know, the author commits suicide shortly after it's writing the it. Most, it's the most enjoyable suicide note I've ever read. Yeah, and the so I read the book after I read the manga, which is different. Um, the manga has a lot more in it based upon biographical information about the author as well as just artistic, like, um, uh, development of what's in the book. And so it's one of those things, though, where I think, I mean, I think you don't have to be to enjoy it by any stretch of the imaginations, but if you are uh, hopefully an alcoholic in recovery and not just an alcoholic, um, the guy is an alcoholic and a drug addict, and he writes and says things that alcoholics and drug addicts think. that he other sure people. Does would be like, that's abhorrent, and I'm like, that's fucking hilarious. The book is way more brutal in some of the stuff he writes, especially about women, which, you know, whatever, I'm a misogynist, but, like, I'm like, yeah, I've thought that. And uh, it is just, like, it is... Junji Ito's style is so perfect for it because he he's able to convey, like, hollowness of the human spirit and, like anxiety in the way he draws eyes and sweat and like facial expressions like frenzy and stuff like that in a way the same man who wrote a one shot about his cats yeah yeah right (laughs) and so i and i i love that like you know we kind of got into the junji ito renaissance in america like right as it was happening god and he's the man's getting every fucking thing printed yeah it's wonderful and man's um, gonna have more volumes than one piece at some point yeah it's uh but holy shit the story is like I mean within the first 15 pages you've got child molestation and all sorts of other horrible shit and it's just like but for all of that there's a level of like humor and humanity to it that is makes it all the much more bone crushingly depressing and there's this whole part at, towards the very end where like 
he's got to get his dope and like it's just like oh god yeah it's it's really fucking brutal especially if you can relate to it on like a personal experience level and i was like shooketh by the time i finished the book like i i was not you know i mean it was fine whatever like i'm i'm a i'm a functioning adult who can handle that shit but like it definitely it was the kind of media where i finished it and was like I wouldn't say existential crisis, but, like, I had a little bit of You a, texted me, I think, like, pretty much right after. Yeah. And you were like, I think this is my favorite thing I've ever read. Yeah, it's it's definitely up there. It was hugely, like, I felt affected and depressed and, like, just, like, touched by, like, the, all of the things in it. And I, I guess it's a couple of years old now, but it's very much in print. I got my dad to read both the comic and the um, book, and well, I feel like I feel like the Junji Ito manga came out, and then all of a sudden it it almost had, or I, I'm sure it was over in America prior to that, but it it like had a renaissance because now at at this point, like when I when I was at that bookstore, when I was at Books a Million, there was the um uh the, they had like a little like display like a full shelf that was um adaptations well they they did they had there's fucking so many manga adaptations that i wouldn't even bother but they had like a employees recommend and they had the actual book there yeah along with like a few other books i i already owned i was like nice i got good taste yeah probably but it it just like all of a sudden it's it seemed like because i go to a lot of bookstores because i fucking buy manga a lot and books i read a lot so like I just kept seeing it places. Yeah. I still haven't picked it up, which is a shame. But. Right. Well, it's funny because, I mean, I was at, you can just borrow my copy, but I was at Barnes & Noble and I was able to just, like, buy it there. Like, mm-hmm. that's that's the level of, uh, you know, ubiquity of it being around. And, which is really cool because it's, you know, it's it's a fairly older book now. And, but yeah, the, the manga is, I definitely think the way to do it is read the manga first and then read the book after. It's like almost a Cliff Notes version. I mean, you could do it the other way and I'm sure still really enjoy that too. But the the stuff that Junji Ito adds to it definitely only adds. I don't think it obfuscates the narrative or it diminishes the impact. I think it increases it. And Plus, you can see boobs. Yeah, that's true. And there, there's a whole part with his buddy towards the end where they talk about this game they play where they try to come up with the antonym of words, and it seems illogical, but, like, that's kind of half the fun of it. And, like, you know, it's like, what's the opposite of criminal? and Or, like, what's the opposite of law? But they're not, like, the words that you think. And you get, you get a revelation into his, like, twisted thinking that again really appealed to me on like a deep personal level oh God, so. now i'm thinking about uh the part where he's like having that vision of like all his trauma and guilt yeah and, oh fuck man yeah it's a good one feel bad book clubs next yeah it, it it is it's part of a larger overall because we talked about this at the time and i talked about it with my dad like there is a stripe in Japanese uh, films, comics, books um, of this insane level of like personal alienation from society and like misery manufactured by the demands of society and all of those things that is very much something that over time I sort of like wound up tapping into like now like I acknowledge and I'm like looking for that kind of thing it's like that world of Conoco sort of situation where 
they happen to like most of my favorite Japanese media um, reflects that. And Cure is a great example, which obviously we discussed at length a year ago, and is just one of those like it's one of many things where it's just like oh, if you want to know like if you want to see the most brutal depictions of like urban alienation and like modernization as alienation or that's Japan, first, baby, dude. It's it is like intense soul rending shit especially i don't know like for me it really hits because like it'd only be worse if you move there as a foreigner yeah uh but like i i'm always just fascinated because and boogie pop phantom is the other thing i, I want to mention before it leaves my head which is like again like for all of its other things that are happening in it like at its heart it's about people who are like unable to connect with their fellow human beings and as somebody who has experienced that once or twice in my life as an ongoing issue. Yeah, it's, it is like, it's, it, I don't know, it hits hard, so. I'm almost done Beastars, I love it. Okay. That's all I got. All right. Well, um, maybe you've heard this split into two episodes, or maybe we've just posted it as a two-hour long ramble-thon, but no, I think we were pretty on point for the most part. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, thank you for joining us, and um, until next time, hosers. Later, nerds. Later.